Would Bill Belichick prefer if Tom Brady actually left for San Fran? And we also discuss how the New York Yankees should handle Aaron Judge's injury. And more next on Keys of the City. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations, first down, play it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to Tom Brady. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes as well. If you got all those, check us out. Keys to the City, as well as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us at Keys to the City as well. If you want to start a podcast, go check out Clovercrest Media. Our, our guy, Joe Aguirre, the fan favorite Joe Aguirre, will be joining us to talk some New York Yankee baseball again. A-Rod's comments about the whole Houston Astros cheating scandal, is he wrong? I think he's 100% spot on. And everybody, relax. Garrett Cole had one bad outing, and everybody's losing their minds. And we're talking about, like I said, Aaron Judge's injury. How do the Yanks handle it? But we are a month and a half away from the NFL draft. So from now until then, we will be having division previews. We're starting with today, since we are from the East Coast, and we are... New York Giant fans and New York Yankee fans, we're going to start with the AFC East and the NFC East offseason preview. So let's start. The biggest storylines going into this offseason, and we are only 10 days away from the new calendar season, actually 12 days away from March 18th being the new calendar season, and all we've been talking about, with the exception of the NFL draft, is the two biggest names, in the NFL currently. One of them being the biggest name in maybe all of sports. But I want to talk about the New England Patriots. And I want to talk about TB12. Because that's what's been dominating the headlines. And a new report. See, we've been talking about this for nonstop. And it seems like each and every week, it's something different. Where's Brady going to go? The rumors have been swirling since the night, since that later night that he lost to the Tennessee Titans and their season officially became over. That's all we've been discussing. Now the new report is maybe the San Francisco 49ers who were just in the Super Bowl a month ago and looked like they were on the verge of winning the Super Bowl. But we talk about it a month later. And can the San Francisco 49ers actually make a play at Tom Brady? Now, for everybody that knows, Tom Brady is a lifelong San Francisco 49er fan. His idol was some guy named Joe Montana. But my biggest thing is, would Bill Belichick actually prefer if Tom Brady left for San Francisco? Now, you might call me crazy. You might say I'm out of my mind and insane. I get that a lot. It's understandable. I get it. But realistically, would he? Let's take, let's rewind back a couple years, about two, three, four years ago, when there was a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo, who was the backup quarterback for those New England Patriots. And Bill Belichick, that was his guy. He was going to put the keys in and say, go for it, run with it. 
This was going to be the future quarterback of the New England Patriots. Now we come back to this current time. Would Bill Belichick say, hey, Brady, it's been fun. It's been amazing. We had an incredible run, a run that will never be established maybe in all of sports history again. Go finish out your time in San Fran. Maybe go win another Super Bowl. But I want Jimmy G. Because all from the start, this is who Bill Belichick wanted. So you look at these reports, and we've heard up to almost eight teams. Now we're down to two teams. Amazing that six teams just in a day span just said. We're not down to two, though. But it seems like the main teams, now, yeah, three teams, San Francisco's there saying, nah, we're not really interested. It's all smokescreen. And that's all it's been. And that's what it is in the NFL draft. It's all rumors. It's all reports. Until we actually know the truth, then we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen from here on out. We don't know if Tom Brady's actually going to be playing in the New England Patriots uniform. Or he are Tennessee Titans. Or the Raiders, the Chargers, the Colts, the Buccaneers, and now maybe even the 49ers. We don't know what's actually going to happen. But you look at it, Bilicek, I think he would accept it. I think he would gladly accept it and say, look, we had an incredible run. It will never be done again. But from the start, and you know this, the moment he traded Jimmy Garoppolo, you, you kind of felt the tension going on with Kraft well, and well, Belichick and Brady. Bill Belichick had called Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. It was, I remember Kyle Shanahan saying it in the NFL Network. They're going to we're going to settle a deal. He wanted to put Jimmy G in the best place. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just like, hey, listen, we want to ship a guy out and we want to send him to anywhere, you know, send him to Cleveland. You know, we know Odell Beckham. He thinks that the Giants sent him there to die, and that's what he said. Yes. Jimmy G went to a place where he could succeed. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best, off- best offensive coordinators in the game. We know that. That's all, you know, common knowledge. We've come to that fruition that, listen, Kyle Shanahan, maybe Frank Wright, and – Maybe the guy for the Rams, McVay, you would put in as the top three offensive corners. Maybe, you know, you could put Andy Reid in there. Mm-hmm. With that being said, this comes down to what Tom Brady wants to do. It has nothing to do about Bill Belichick. It's what Tom Brady wants to do. Finally, for the first time in his career, after 20 seasons, he's going to be able to choose where 100%. he wants to go. He has done what the Patriot way has always been. Listen, we're going to take less because we're going to do what's best for the team. The prize, the reward is ultimately better than anything yeah, else. Six Super Bowls. Yeah. Exactly. That's what the prize winning is. championships. That's what it's all about in sports, right? Winning championships. I know people want to get his mo- get their money. I get that, but in the end of the day, your legacy is always based on not how much money you made, but it's how many championships. So, you so won. this has been funny. A funny story that's been going on because in the last four weeks, it's been a different narrative every week. I, that's about, what I'm saying. About four weeks ago, it was the Raiders were the frontrunners. Remember it? The, um, yeah, Titan, and then the Titans. So then, the then Col- it was then it was the Titans. Then it was back to the Patriots last week. Now, the new team this week, which we, we did not talk about last week, was the 49ers. This has kind of all spurred up in the last – since Monday. Pretty yeah. Much. The reports that came out Monday that, hey, listen, maybe the 49ers would be interested. And then what Bill Belichick would do would ask for Jimmy G back for trade picks. Listen, if I'm the if I'm the Patriots, I definitely do that. You trade off the 43-year-old guy. Say, 49ers, you can have him for two years. Go ahead. Go for the all-win mode. We'll take the, the younger guy at 27 years old with a favorable contract now because now when you're looking at quarterback contracts now, mm-hmm. Jimmy G's is very favorable right now. Yeah. $27.5 million a year is really nice compared to what Dak Prescott's asking and Mahomes and what the next guy's going to ask and the next guy. So what do Patriot fans want? Of course they want Tom Brady back. But would you trade off Tom Brady for one year to have Jimmy G 
for seven more years or eight more years or ten more years. That's what I'm asking Patriot fans. I'm asking a real fan. You, everyone says, nah, he's going to go back. There's probably there's real there's a real chance that he is leaving New England. It's not fake news no more. This is a real Story. thing that this you're going to see thing. Tom Brady in a different. We never thought you would ever see Brett Favre in a different uniform. You never thought you would see Peyton Manning in a different uniform. Now you're going to tell me, hey, listen, the only reason why Peyton Manning did, played for another team was because of an injury. Probably so. But if you told the Colts, would you rather have Peyton Manning? For maybe a couple more years, or would you rather have the number one pick and Andrew Luck for the next? Now we didn't know he was going to retire for the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people might have traded the Peyton Manning for three more years to have Andrew Luck. And that's what I'm saying. The Denver Broncos did this once before, and they were at a team that was kind of on the cusp of playoff, but they needed a a, a true a reason for fans to believe that this team could compete for championships. They went out and got Peyton Manning. At the time, maybe the second or third best quarterback in the league. You know what happened. But they had a three-year window. They took that chance. They got the two Super Bowls. They finally won one. And ever since then, the Denver Broncos have been in a position where they've been looking for that quarterback. Maybe they finally have it in Drew Locke. Do the San Francisco 49ers go in the same direction? A team that is, you would put in that upper echelon and tier of NFL teams that Super Bowl aspirations from here on out. Well, do you do that, or do you keep? Do you keep Garoppolo, or do you get Brady? And your window, no, knowing in the back of your mind that that window with Brady is very small, is very thin. So you're gonna have about a window of two to three years. If you can win a Super Bowl, is that what you ultimately want? That one Super Bowl, or do you want Jimmy G for the next ten years? That's the question so, you have to ask yourself. So let me make a point, and something that we talked about in the car before we got in to the. To the studio. I said to you on the show that great football teams have about a three-year window to get to the Super Bowl and then to win it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was trying to use the statement of like Denver when they had Peyton Manning. Then I said, remember when Seattle had the Legion of Boom? Mm -hmm. That was like a three-year, four-year window to win it. Remember that Ravens team that Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs, those guys kept coming back? Mm -hmm. And Ed Reed, they were like, okay, we'll make another run at it. We lost in the AFC Championship. We'll make one more run at it. Just that last run. A lot of teams And, and you go all in for it, for that Super Bowl. You know you have a, small, a marginal window of three to five years, really. Because we know, like, when the Ravens, they paid Joe Flacco, they were not going to be able to pay other people. Seattle, when they paid Russell Wilson. So if you have a younger quarterback and you go for – and you win it, you know you're going to have to pay certain people. And that's yeah. what happens in any Super Bowl. When, Let me finish my point. You have to – you have a marginal victory. You could say, listen, I'm going to get – I'd rather have Jimmy G for seven years more than two years of Brady. Totally understandable. But is he good enough in two or three years to win you a Super Bowl? Because what I'm saying is if he does not win a Super Bowl in two or three years in, for San Francisco, these guys that are on this team currently, yeah. you're going to have to pay the Bozas. You're going to have to pay DeForest Buckner. You're going to have – you're paying Armstead this year. They're talking yep. about – you pay D Ford, maybe D Boo Samuel. You don't know who you're going to hit in – and no, I know, and that's the, and that's so you're gonna have to pay. Hold on, you're gonna have to pay more people, which means your team as a whole is not going to be as strong. So it might be worth it to go all in next year with Tom Brady because I totally believe that if you have Tom Brady on your team next year, the team is the same. Brady's on the team or Jimmy G. Tom Brady's gonna give you a better chance to win a Super Bowl next year than Jimmy G will. And I know he got you to a Super Bowl. But I would say it's more about the pieces surrounding him that got him to the Super Bowl 
And and that's what it comes down to. Is it worth the 49ers to make this decision if they were all in on Brady? To win a Super Bowl, are they all in? I know Bill Belichick is probably smiling right now because deep down, he knows Brady wants to do something new. Maybe he does want, he really does ultimately want to come back. But if they're not going to give him the pieces that he's been asking for and all the pay cuts that he's taken over the years, if they're not going to finally give him something to work with, then why not? Why shouldn't he, why should he stay there? But in Bill Belichick's case, he would love it because guess what? Belichick, if Brady goes there, if he goes to the West Coast, you know that Brady's just saying, hey, guess what? I ultimately win back Garoppolo, the guy that I wanted a couple years back from day one because that's where the Patriots are going. The Patriots are on the verge of being in that scenario, not yet, but in that scenario where it's rebuild mode maybe soon. I know I just said the rebuild mode with the Patriots. It doesn't ever, it doesn't, you don't discuss that. But it's a real possibility that Tom Brady leaves. It doesn't know, it's the million dollar question. It's, I don't know how much, how much he's going to get. But it's, it's the billion dollar question. Because we do not know where TB12 is actually going to go. We don't. And it's a fascinating story. The other fascinating story this offseason, not including the draft talk, is that other popular team and well-known team in the NFL and in the world, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And Ted, you kind of just said a couple of names. Joe Flacco, Patrick Mahomes is going to be coming up soon for a big contract. And I use Flacco because while I consider Dak in that same scenario at the time, not now, for people that are watching, when Joe Flacco won his first Super Bowl, he was all right. But he got that Super Bowl, he got that big contract, and look what happened to the Baltimore Ravens. They haven't won since. And the reason why I'm trying to relate this to Dak Prescott is, do you take the franchise or do you take the short-term contract? Or do you really, really want that big contract? And we also just talked about, in the past, a couple minutes ago, Brady's taking pay cuts. It's not about how much money you make in sports. That's great and all. It's awesome when you're done, when you're retired. But it's all about winning championships. And that's what Dak, Cres- Dak Prescott has to ask But there is himself. no guarantee, though, if Dak takes the sh- takes a shorter-term deal or a lower contract. Like, we both believe he should be closer paid to $30 million than $35 me? million. Me? You and me both. I have not said – I don't think he should be paid that much. Listen, you have to pay him I know, because it's the market. I, I understand okay. that. Me, personally – But in today's market, he should not be paid $35 million, closer to the Russell Wilson numbers. He should be closer to Jimmy G's number of 27 and a half to $30 million. And that's another one. I mean, so, Russell, but, but, all but, these quarterbacks that have gotten big but contracts – there's no guarantee because do- Dallas doesn't have that many needs. And I know we're going to talk they about do have the needs. AFC and the NFC East. today. East today. Both yeah. of the, We talked about on Tuesday that we were going to break down both divisions today. But I look at Dallas – they have the running back they paid for. They paid for the offensive lineman. They have the receiver. Now, I believe they will pay Amari Cooper. They have the linebackers. They have the D-line. They're going to need a secondary guy. They have draft capital. It's not like if Dak takes a cheaper deal that it's going to make a big difference to go get a bunch of other players. How should both these teams feel? The Patriots specifically, if, I mean, you lose Brady, you lose the all-time greatest of all time, and he might be gone. So now you look for a backup plan. The Dallas Cowboys, what if Dak decided that, hey, I'm going to pull a Zeke? I know I'm not saying he will, but what if he got franchised and he said, no, I'm, I'm not coming in. I'm not reporting to camp. Then what do the Dallas Cowboys do? That's I know there's needs at the cornerback position because it looks like they're they going to buck, lose. They will buckle at the knees. They're going to lose Byron Jones. Amari Cooper's still a question mark. 
Looks like they're going to try to resign him. But say Dak just said, the hell with this. I mean, what if I want to sit out? Then what's your backup plan? What does Dallas decide? Because who is your backup quarterback? I, can, who are you going to get well, then? I, and that's one of the bigger needs, too, that Dallas fans and the NFL should start realizing. And it's an also, also thing that, I mean, the New York Post just said it. You need backup quarterbacks sometimes in this league. And I know we always talk about the franchise quarterback, but what if that franchise quarterback goes down? What if he decides to hold out like Dak Prescott could? Well, the, Then the, what do the, they do? The, the only good thing, and I, this is probably not in their plan— but this would be a great year not to have a quarterback that you have to – because there's so many other valuable quarterbacks. There's enough guys on the market this year. Like, you know how most years – there's not the pri- – There's not many. There's not Phil Rivers sitting on the market. And I know people Tom are going to say he's, he's not as good. I know. But there is no Phil Rivers. There's no Tom Brady. There's not a Teddy Bridger. There's not Jameis Winston. There's a bunch of other quarterbacks I'm probably not thinking of right now. And not, that's Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, just people that are going to get traded. Marcus Mariota. Derek Carr, there's just, and I'm not even including the draft. I mean, why, why couldn't Dallas go over take a run at Derek Carr if, if, God forbid, Tom Brady went to the Raiders? There's such a domino effect of what could transpire. We don't know, okay? Yep. There is enough pieces out there, and there's enough quarterbacks out there. Plus, you have the draft. Yeah. There is capable quarterbacks in the draft, so you can go multiple routes. Now, I will say this. Da- the Cowboys are probably not thinking of bringing in any type of value qu- Backup, you know what I mean? They, Someone that of a Mariota caliber. But I will say this: it's going to be intriguing if he's not there in training camp. They're going to franchise. How, I mean, how should how should Dak feel? I mean, how should Dak really feel disrespected if he, if, if he was to get franchised? And it seems like that's the route they're going. So what route they're going? So let's think about this for two seconds. Take away our dislike for the Dallas Cowboys because we are Giant fans. Think of it as an individual. If we were Dak, I would feel. S- disrespected to no end. I would I would play the holdout game. I would hold out for as much as I possibly can within reason. I would try to get the most guaranteed and not worry about the annual. I try to get the most guaranteed. So I would try to get a hundred million guaranteed. I wouldn't so worry much worry about the 35 million. I would take 30 million dollars a year, but I'd want the most guaranteed. I want it when I sign my name. Me? Because to me I've won the second most games in the NFL since I've been in the league, only to Tom Brady. That has to speak volumes. You can't tell me it wasn't him winning the games. Someone's taking the snaps. He's also Someone been, has he's to make also the been against, Someone's, He's also been horrible against the above 500 teams. That was so. last year. Well, in, Every, a, in a year that you want to get a contract, and a team that you just lost to that only was down to their fourth string and receivers and cornerbacks, and you couldn't win... That was for the take. The Dallas Cowboys. Kirk, the, Kirk Cousins got guaranteed Dow- three years, eighty-four and million dollars. That, and look how that's turned out. Dak's better than Kirk Cousins. They're both in the same tier. But he, he deserves that at least. They're money. both in the tier, and that's why I always relate this to the to the to the um, Kirk Cousins because this is what happened to Kirk Cousins. Washington didn't believe in him, and that's why they kept franchising him. Eventually. They traded away. How's their quarterback, they let him how's their quarterback situation? Well, that's Washington. They've been horrible. No, don't, don't make the They've, excuse. It could be. For it's any, not an well, excuse I, when I, the team has been horrible for the past fifteen freaking years. But we can. You. But you well, could, what, do, what do you want me to say? That's it's like the, the Cleveland Browns. Tom Brady could go to the Browns. He'd probably be terrible because the Browns organization is god awful. The Washington Redskins franchise is god awful. Yeah, but, but that's because of bad management. Okay. It starts with management. But but so the quarter so the Rams were bad and then they got a GM and then they got a coach in McVay and everything turned around. Why? But you just blamed it on the quarterback. 
You just I, said the reason why they've been bad. I, I, no, you, you, you literally just said that. I said they yeah, but back, you just said that. You, oh, well, how their quarterback play? Yeah, because of management. They're terrible. If they, if they either signed a good free agent or drafted well. Dallas isn't Washington. Dallas isn't the Browns. What, but they have but a situation. Dallas, here's the thing. And we did this last year on the show. Because we went through the Dallas Cowboys and said, we said majority of their players that they have on their team were drafted. It wasn't free agent guys. They're linemen that we've. Talk- Remember, we went through this. I, I, I know. They're offensive linemen. They're running back. They're court- they drafted really well. So I have the belief that Jerry Jones, if he had to fall into a position where he had to draft a quarterback, I feel like he would make the right decision. They drafted Romo. That's all I'm trying to say. They is- drafted Dak. They were good quarterbacks. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're good quarterbacks. But they haven't won anything. I don't care how good you're, how good you really are. Yeah, but how many quarterbacks have won Super Bowls in the last ten years that were not named Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or one of the three or four best quarterbacks? Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. Can't hasn't won a Super Bowl. I don't consider him a great quarterback. When Tom Brady's winning them every other year, I mean, come on. We've great quarterbacks win Super Bowls. In the AFC, it's literally been, it's been three quarterbacks. Great quarterback. It was either Peyton Manning, Roethlisberger, or Tom Brady, and the Flacco was the the one exceptional year. And all those quarterbacks were great. Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's only three quarterbacks. So there's 15 teams. They're all great. That's how the. But the AFC's been different. The AFC's been different. It's been dominated by the Patriots. But look at the NFC. Okay, the NFC. But great quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Breeze, Wilson, Rodgers, EY, and who else am I missing that won Super Bowls for the NFC in the last 10 years? I mean, mean, who? Philly won a Super Bowl? That was. Carolina, the year that they lost, they were great too. But that's all I'm trying to say is that you have to, and you have to ask yourselves, kind of like the Patriots or the 49ers, are you all in on Tom Brady, or are you sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo? Dallas is the same question. Are you all in with Dak Prescott, paying him all that money, and saying to the fans and to the organization, this is who we're rolling with for the next 10 to 12 years, or, or do they pull the Kirk Cousins? Do they go in that direction and keep franchising them and eventually saying, thanks, Dak, but we're going to move well, on because it just ha- it's, it's been fun. It's been nice. But it hasn't been great because they haven't won. Hey, and for a guy that's money-hungry and, that, and, and a guy that's money-hungry and wants to win a Super Bowl like Jerry Jones, for him to consi- consistently be a 500 team and not still win a Super Bowl with the talent that's around that team, trust me. The leash for Dak Prescott is not as tight as it used to be. If he, I'll make this last point. If he does take a short-term deal like Kirk Cousins, like a three-year deal, say like for $100 million, $33 million a year, yes. he'll be a free agent by 29, which means he can re- get another big-time contract. So he could play the Kirk Cousins game, take a short-term deal, more guaranteed money up front, be a free agent before 30, sign that's all, that's all. That's I'm try- another possibility. That's all I'm trying to say. So both of these teams— Plus, Dallas's window is like San Francisco's window. It's short. Their players, all these linemen, they're getting older and older. They're not going to be able to be there so, five years later. So both of these teams, yes, they have team needs. We get that. But the biggest question is, what happens if they're quarterbacks? Decide Brady leaves and Dak decides to sit out, which both would be shocking to me. So what do they do with that? All in all, these two teams. This is what we've been. This is what the sport, the NFL world, has been talked about. It's been the Dallas Cowboys. What do they do with Dak Prescott? And where is Tom Brady going to eventually play? Is he going back to New England or is he going to wherever? I mean, it's been fascinating. With with the exception of the draft talk, this is what the NFL has been dominating. But like I said, this is an AFC and NFC East offseason preview. 
And we are Giant fans, so I'm shifting over right now to the New York Giants. That's where we're going to go right now. And this is a huge, and we've been talking about it week in and week out. This is a huge offseason for the New York Giants. It's a huge offseason for Dave Gettleman. Joe Judge is fine. Joe Judge ain't going anywhere. But this is a huge offseason for Dave Gettleman. His job's on the line. But where can the New York Giants win this offseason? I know everybody wants this, uh, the draft. And I've seen so many things. And, and, and I know, Isaiah Simmons. We want Isaiah Simmons or offensive lineman. I get that. But I've been saying this team is not a player or two away from competing for a Super Bowl. They're not. There's a reason why this team has been in the top 10 for the last five years. And I'll even go farther back. Five of the past six years, they've been in the top 15. So when you're inside that top 15, five of the last six years, you're considered a bad team. You're considered a bad organization. That's what the New York Giants have been for quite some time. So for anybody that thinks, that, yeah, let's just get Isaiah Simmons and we're going to be back just like that, it doesn't work like that. And then in the offseason, if you want to get free agency, we've already seen this happen literally three years ago with the New York Giants. They spent. They spent a lot of money. It was great for that one season because that was the one season that we've been to the playoffs since our Super Bowl days. Now look at that now. Look at where we are currently. None of those players are on the New York Giants right now. So... I know everybody wants to go get Javian Clowney, Nguakwe. I, I get that. Jack Conklin, all these players, Byron Jones. Let's just get Corey Littleton. Let's just spend everything. Let's just, let's just pay everybody. And that's this fan's expectation. And I will also talk about that relating to Garrett Cole later on in the show with Joe as well. But that's the problem with today's world. We think, oh, let's just get everybody and we're going to be great. Yeah, let's just get Corey Littleton. We're gonna, it's going to be fine. It doesn't work like that. So where do the Giants win the offseason? Is it free agency or is it through the draft? And I'm asking you, where can the Giants win this offseason? It's, it's a little bit of both. You have to be great in both of them. Yeah. I think, I think with free agency, it's about being smart. You just mentioned it. You can go with the all-in. You can go get the three big free agents. It's like great we, at the we, time. We got Vernon. We got Jenkins and, and, and Snacks. Okay, yeah. it worked. Our, our defense went from like one of the worst to one of the top. Yeah. Our run defense got better. We got more pressures, but there was other good players. But on it was this team. only for one year. But so was it, it worth could, it? It could, it, could, it could have worked longer. It was just the too whole, many egos. Too many egos ultimately destroyed that giant. Well, team. here's the other thing: the coaching, everything. Yeah. That was the end of Coughlin, the McAdoo. It was an so, ego. It was just an ego well, problem. Yeah, but if there was the right coach and the right system, things might have been different. We had Joe Judge five years ago, maybe. So Never we know. don't know that. <laughs> so what I'll say with free agency is you have to be smart with your money. Yeah. There's big prize possessions out there. There's guys like you just mentioned, Clowney and the guy from Jacksonville and Byron Jones and Bradbury who wants to be a cornerback from Carolina yeah. who wants to get paid 50 Jack million. Jack Conklin. There's, there's <laughs> a – Uh-oh. He's going down. So, We're losing him. Yeah. So you know about this. And listen, there, there's a reason why those prize possessions are going to be worth what they're, be, they're oh, going yeah, to be Oh, yeah, of course. Doesn't mean you win the offseason. Washington Redskins used to win the offseason. Oh, the yeah, time remember that every it never year. never panned out. Every year. But I'll, if you had to choose one, I'll say the draft. Because you get them at a lesser value, you get them for more years. And those. And if we've seen anything, you got to hit in the draft. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Teams that do really successful don't win the free agency era. What they do is if they have, like, one missing piece. Like, perfect example, Tom Brady's a free agent. If you're the if – you're, Maybe the Tennessee – a team like the, the Tennessee Titans. If you're the Titans – Putting Tom Brady maybe there instead of Tannehill, 
is that is that one little step that's going to take you over the top to get yeah. you to Super Bowl. It's the same thing with San Francisco. In the, how we, for the Giants, it's a different case the because Giants, there's glaring holes around the entire team. Just because you get clowny, okay, your pass rush will be better, but who's going to be on the other end of him? Because we know what's going to happen. They're going to double-team him, and he's not going to get the same amount of pressure, so he won't be as successful yeah. as other positions. Mm -hmm. But if we hit on some draft pieces to match that, okay, because that's where it starts from. We believe we hit on our quarterback last year. We believe Daniel Jones is the franchise. That's a plus. Check. We hit on our a superstar back. running back. Check. We have some nice pieces at receiver. Check. Which is most of them through draft. All right? Evan Ingram, if he could just stay healthy, would be the best tight end in football or one of the three best with Kittle and Kelsey. He just can't stay healthy. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. He hit in the draft, but he's not healthy. I would say draft. You hold those guys for lesser value. You build your team through draft. Yeah. You, and you have self-control, cheaper deals. That's how you win. Younger, faster, athletic, quicker guys. You don't build it through one or two big-time free agents. And the, yeah. That is for when you're missing one puzzle piece and you just fill it with a big-time free agent. You would say, listen, the Giants' defense is solidified. You would be like, all right, what do the Giants need? Defense is good. Offense is good, but we could use another lineman. Boom, let's go get Jack Conklin. That's the over guy that we're going to overpay yeah. for. Now our offensive line, we solidify and that's the, and one that's, through five, and we have everything else. And that's the problem. This is not the NBA where you can go get a Kawhi Leonard or an Anthony Davis and make your team from a playoff team to a championship team. It's a big difference. The NFL, there's 53 players on the team. You need to find the right pieces. You can't just think that we're going to get clowny and bam, the, the defense is going to well, be. It, it will be. A, it's it going to. No, I'm not saying it's It's going to help, of course, because anytime you could get a talent like him, without question, it's going to help your defense that needs help. But you can't just think that, oh, clowny, so we're going to be a lot better. Well, here we go. No, you have to be right. You have to be smart with this. And from the past, the Giants have made mistakes with overspending. Like I said, I oh I want to relate this back to 2016 because it's very similar to that year. When the New York Giants coming into that year or that offseason, their, their defense was historically bad, just like last year. And there was a lot of talent on that free agency class, just like this year. And then you see a, cor you see a corner like Janoris Jenkins, a corner like Byron Jones. Then you get a pass rusher like Vernon, a pass rusher like Jadavian Clowney. And then, I mean, the interior defense lineman, and snacks, well, that's Leonard Williams for you now. So I know that it seems all great. Oh, yeah, we're going to get in the cockway. We're going to get Clowney, Conklin, Byron Jones. Yeah, we're going to be great. It just doesn't always work like that. Plus, you there's can, 31 other teams. There's 31 other teams, and there's other teams that are going to be vying for those players. So, Ted, I'll, I'm going to agree with you. Very rarely do I do, but I agree with you in the sense that the Giants have to hit in this draft because each and every time we come back a year later – and it's been recent. The Giants have been in this position for a reason. They hit on some draft picks, but they don't get the play. the 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 players don't sometimes perform to the point that the Giants want them to be. And that's where the Giants are right now. So for anybody that thinks they're a player or two away from making a playoffs or a Super Bowl, they're not. They're not. And even with this new playoff rule, adding the seventh team, it's not going to make a difference. The Giants have to win with the draft. You always try to win through the draft. And I think it always helps specifically and spe especially with the NFL. And that's where I say the New York Giants need to hit. They can get a Byron Jones. It would help. Jack Conklin, it would help. But you got to hit on your draft picks. And, and free agency will tell us a lot about what the oh, Giants yeah. are going to do in the draft. It does it, for, it does it for everyone. And that's, how, and that's why it's coming 10 days away. Tom Brady, all these big names, official. 
It's going to become official. I can't wait. Let's stick with New York side. Let's stick with the New York Jets. We haven't really talked. You don't want to stick with the division? No. You don't want to go through the division? Nope. All right. No, because I have it. You listen to me. All right. I'm the leader. I'm the captain. I am the captain. You're the do-it-all guy. I'm the captain. (laughs) I appreciate you, brother. Just remember that. Anyway, let's stick with the New York Jets. And we really haven't discussed the New York Jets a lot since this past season has ended. It's very simple. The New York Jets offseason has to and only revolve around Sam Darnold. We've been talking about it for years now, for two years. Sam Darnold, you drafted him two years ago. Okay, he's coming to his third year. How are you going to help him stay healthy and successful as well? Most Jeff fans think that Sam Darnold is the face of the franchise, the future quarterback, franchise quarterback, and that's what they're going to get. Well, the two big positions that we've seen from the, New, from the New York Jets, it seems like, and I think everybody can agree, is the offensive line, offensive tackle specifically, and a weapon that they can use to help. And that's what it comes down to for the New York Jets. Yes, Le'Veon Bell's there. Adam Gase gets his second chance. But this all comes down to Sam Darnold, what he's going to be able to do. But what's more important for the New York Jet fans? And if anybody's that's watching that Jet fan, I'd love to know what do you think is more important? Is it getting a weapon for Sam Darnold? Or is it getting that left tackle, that offensive lineman that they desperately need because they are one of the worst offensive lines in the league right now so what do you do that's a quite that's the main question for the new york jets this year everybody has t- team needs the two most important team needs for the new york jets offensive tackle and a nice receiver so dad i'm going to ask you what do you think is the most important and where do they do it do they go in or do they become aggressive in the and free agency or with the draft it's all through the draft. Uh, you, I, you're asking me the question. Yeah, they, yeah. They're gonna. It should be an offensive tackle because I I make this statement all the time. Your quarterback can't throw the ball if he's if his rear end's on the ground. If he's looking up at the sky every day, or every snap, I don't care who you have. You can have Jerry Rice and Randy Moss on the outside. It's not gonna make a difference. It has to start with the offensive line. It mm-hmm. has to. So I'm sorry, Jerry Judy's a great player. Absolutely. Might be Pro Bowler for 10 years. C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, all great players. I'm taking the linemen. Now, the, the problem, though, where the Jets fall is they might only get they might get the fourth best tackle at where the— I mean, this is a, if, if you're looking for an offensive there's, there's, there's four offensive tackles. And if you're looking for a good offensive lineman, especially a tackle, well, you, you probably came to the right draft because you have four guys that all could be in the top ten. They're, I think they're all that good, and that's the and that's where you say fourth best. I don't think there is a fourth best. They're all equally the same. Yeah, but th- at the time though, you're gonna fall into the here's here's. Well, the, yeah, obviously so you're gonna get the fourth guy. Here's the issue the Jets face. Teams above them are probably gonna take tackles. So Browns, you're gonna, Giants, Cardinals, maybe three of the teams Jackson, that you can name. Jacksonville, Jacksonville maybe Chargers, as well. So there's teams that need Chargers again a quarterback. So there's I know. So there's teams that need. Maybe even the Panthers. You don't know. Yeah. You don't make, protect Cam, right? If you're going to just them. Yeah, they just traded Trey Turner. So, with that being said is you might not have the choice of the tackle you want. It might be. So, in that case, you go and put the weapons. Maybe so, if, so, if Judy or uh, so C.D. Lamb is so there. How does your bo- so, here's the thing. We'll make this real quick. How does your board break down? If your guy is the kid Becton. Um, from yeah. Louisville, the yeah. big guy. Six foot seven, 364 pounds. The massive guy. 
right? And he's your number one guy, and he gets taken ready. And the fourth guy offensive tackle that you have on your board is below your number one. So say Judy's sitting there for them. And then it's the fourth best tackle that you have rated. So you have one, two, three. One got checked off. Two got checked off. So it's the fourth best lineman that you want, or you have Jerry Judy. That's the decision they have. To, are you going to take your best offensive weapon or the fourth best offensive lineman? I would still take the offensive lineman, but how strong in that lock in that in that war room is it going to be to protect Sam Darnold? Because I think it starts there. You got to give him protection so he has time to throw the ball to the one. And I will say this: the reason why. I would say take the offensive lineman is this class of receivers coming into this draft is really deep, deep, really deep. And you can get a receiver late in the second or third round that can be very capable of stepping, stepping up. And we've seen this in the NFL receivers and running backs going in the second, third, fourth round, starting on day one and having an immediate impact. But that's also why you've heard the the rumors of them going maybe hard after Jack Conklin. And that's where yeah, they could so, still— so The Chargers were talking about going but they Hold on, hold on. The but Giants. They, but they could still—would they still, if they, if they were to be the ones, the suitors of Jack Conklin, and signed him, would they still go with the left tackle? I still—I'm yes. And we've talked about it. Offensive line, you need offensive line. And for anybody that knows football and is smart, you know that the offensive line is and D line is the two most, imp- with the exception of quarterback. I, I want to interrupt. No, you cannot interrupt, interrupt me. The, damn it. Perfect example of the Browns last year. You had all the oh, weapons yeah. on the outside, yeah. but they got rid of their two best. Joe Thomas yeah. retired and Zeitler got traded to yep. the Giants. They had no offensive line to protect Baker Mayfield. And look how he You did. had two great receivers. You had a good tight end. You had two good running backs. Didn't mean crap. No, they missed the playoffs. Yeah, they missed the playoffs and they were bad. So that's what I'm trying to say. Even if they signed the Conklin, they're still going to go offensive line. The more you look at it, you thought at first, oh, well, they could use a weapon and help Darnold. Yeah, but if they resign Robbie Anderson, he's been pretty good with Darnold. They have a good chemistry together. You get that left tackle, you got your two big tackles for the future. Guess what? You won't have to be worrying about Sam Darnold being out another, uh, with the exception if he gets sick again. Other than that, that's what you care about, right? You care about Sam Darnold. That's plus, your supposed guy. Plus, so guess what? Plus, Protect him. Plus, who did you invest big money in last year? Le'Veon. Exactly. Le'Veon. Got to block for the running back. Yeah. Got to have protection for the quarterback. And, it, and both the Giants and Jets are in the same position right now because you look at the Giants. Do they go after defense or do they prioritize the offensive line? The New York Jets. Receiver. They prioritize the offensive lineman. You can see both offensive or the New, or New York teams both going offensive linemen in the first round. There is possibility that you could see them go defense in the Giants' case or receiver for the Jets. All in all, you want to protect your quarterback, right? It's all about the quarterback. Well, I know it's great to have all the shiny toys around them. That's great. But Ted said it right. Look at the Browns last year. They had all the shiny toys. Even the Chargers. But they don't have Even the, the Chargers. They don't have the big boys. Chargers had no offensive line last year. They, they didn't have the big boys. And they didn't have the big boys. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Didn't make didn't mean anything. You had no offensive line. Nope. Look at what Brady's thinking about. And I know you could say they have no weapons either, but they had no protection last year. And their year offensive right. line wasn't good last year. And look, hey, I know people want to say all oh, the offensive line doesn't matter. It, it does matter. Trust me. So would the Jets go Conklin and then the offensive lineman? Or do they go receiver? Time will tell. But that's one of the major questions going forward for New York teams is the Giants 
What's going on with them? What did they decide to do? They go big in the draft or free agency? And then what did the Jets do? It's all about Sam Darnold, right? My next thing is a two-parter. It's the same thing because it relates to the Redskins and it relates to the Miami Dolphins. And it all circles down to one player. And it's very simple. Tua. You know about the name Tua. He's been associated with the Miami Dolphins for quite some time now. Now you're hearing, and if you looked at my latest mock draft, I had the Washington Redskins going Tua. I know Chase Young was there, and everybody says it, but I'm going to relate this to a two-parter because what do the Redskins do? This has been a bad franchise, and we just got into it a little while ago about this. This has been a bad franchise for quite some time. They haven't been competitive. They've been at the bottom of the league for quite some time. They've been struggling. They thought they may have found their quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Now we're hearing some rumors. And I said about all these smoke screens, and that's the worst thing about social media nowadays, is that everybody's always looking for the next rumor or report to break. And now it's, oh, well, the Redskins, they might want to be taking Tua instead of Chase Young. Now, how, how, why do I say this is a two-party? Because this relates to the Miami Dolphins. In the case of, what would the Miami Dolphins do? And these are the two teams I've heard that maybe you could see a trade happening. The Miami Dolphins trading up to two because they want two with that bat. You've heard that they might want Jordan Love. You've heard that they might want Justin Herbert. Me personally, the Miami Dolphins want Tua. It's been like that for quite some time. They're not changing it. And now that he's getting healthier and all the reports say thumbs up, you know that Tua has become the hottest commodity in this draft. Joe Burrow's going number one. The reason I'm not talking about Joe Burrow at all because he is going number one without question. Herbert's not. Tua's not. Without question, Joe Burrow will be number one. Tua's going to be at number two. That's where the draft starts. Go ahead. No, I thought you were. No, I, I, think, were gonna... I, think, I think Washington's just playing the game right now. They're playing the game. A healthy Tua Listen, there. Are, a healthy two, hold on. A healthy Tua there. I know. That. Are you passing up on him? There's no guarantee. And, and Chase Young is phenomenal, and you have a bunch of pieces. I would stick with the Dwayne Haskins thing. I here's another here's, year. You, you, another year, yes, you would say. Here's, this is like, and I know you don't play Texas Hold'em. I'm not. I'm not really good with. But it. this is a card thing. You know, you you, ha, you don't have a good hand. Anyone who plays Texas Hold'em knows of it. You don't have a good hand, but you bet like you have the full house. You mm-hmm. bet like you have it. So I'm playing you, and I got nothing. And you probably have like a two peer or three of a kind. But I bet heavy. I'm like ah. I'm going to double your bet. And you're thinking, you know, does he have something? Like, why would he be betting? Get that, you right? nervous, so right? So get you nervous. So yeah. you're like, I'll match him. So then I re-raise you. are like, oh, crap. Am I willing to lose all this? So you're like, I fold. So, Means I take what you originally bet. And I think, so if Miami's thinking that Washington's really going to take them, mm-hmm. when Redskins are really not, Redskins are like, we're not really going to take them. Well, that's fine. No problem. Miami now has to trade up because they're like, oh my God, if we really want Tua, we have to. Go, we can't go trade up with Detroit or the Giants. We got to go to two because we won't get him. If so, I- then they have. To, then they go up to two. They go get Tua, but now they don't have their other first round picks because now Washington picks up one of the first. So they'll get the fifth and probably the worst of the first round. Twenty six overall. Twenty six. Yeah. Now Washington's like, ah, you know what? We still got the quarterback. Now we go with five. We could still get a really high pick right there. We can go get Akuda, maybe Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. Maybe we go get an offensive lineman. Maybe we trade back again. Maybe we trade back to the Chargers. And now we really make our team as a whole much better. Well, Washington could be in a good position because now there's reports that they're looking to maybe try to trade 
Trent Williams. And the left tackle position, as we know, is one of the most important and valuable positions in all football. So you get that. That might also be maybe a first or a second round pick. Me, if I'm the Washington Redskins for a team that's been bad, quarterback has been a struggle. Dwayne Haskins looks like, eh, right now it's 50-50. I'm going with Tua. A healthy Tua? I'll take the quarterback what you, you, over what the pass. What are you going to do with Dwayne Haskins? Me? Competition. As Ron Rivera. Because also, that's yeah, but not... He loses, but that's, he loses trade but that's, but, You just wasted a first-round pick also, on a guy on, for one year on, for six not, starts? But that's not also Ron Rivera's guy. Trev, but you, that was not also Ron Rivera's guy. So what makes you think that he wants to come in and say, I'm going to stay with him because... Maybe he doesn't want him. So you th- Maybe he doesn't want him anymore and says, guess what? Maybe they pull an Arizona Cardinal. We kind of brought it up a little last week. Right. Do they pull Arizona Cardinals in the sense of Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen? They just drafted Josh Rosen 10th overall a couple years back. One year later, they get the number one pick, get a new head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Doesn't like Josh Rosen for his system. He's not the right fit. So they draft Kyler Murray. What does Ron Viverick do? Jay Gruden drafted Jay... Uh, from the start... Didn't want Dwayne Haskins. That was all Daniel Snyder. Oh, Dan Snyder. That was all on him. A year later, they get a new head coach, Ron Rivera. Maybe this is not his guy. Maybe he wants Tua because maybe that's more of his style of play that he wants to. What if he wants that? What? That's what I mean. We're all saying, "Oh, Chase Young. They're not. It's all smoke and mirrors." What if it's really not? What if they decide to say, "Hey, we've been desperately needing something new." I know we drafted Haskins last year, but that wasn't my guy, so I want Tua. And I know that Chase Young is there, and it's a golden opportunity because you could team him up with Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan, and you'll have three premier defensive linemen on that. Well, remember the two Alabama? <clears throat> excuse me, remember the two Alabama? Oh, yeah, jo- uh, um, Deron Payne and, Allen. and uh, Jonathan Allen. That's what I'm trying to say. You sure up that defensive line. But you're still with. You can have as many great defensive linemen as you have. If you do not have a quarterback that's going to give you a chance to win, you will be continuously struggling and struggling to find ways to win. You'll be the Bears. You will be the Bears. Yes. The Bears are. You'll have a great defense kn- with it, for that it. one year. They were great. La- they were great two years ago when because their defense was all time great. Enough. But their de- but it really showed last year. And Trubisky, we saw, and that's why one of the major questions as well is, what did the Bears do with t- Mitchell Trubisky? So. What happens with the Redskins in that situation? I've been saying it. The draft starts at two. Everybody wants to say, oh, Chase Young's going two. It's a, it's a, I'm telling you. The draft starts at two. Because you don't know if there's going to be a trade or they're going to select Tua, number two overall. And that leaves the Miami Dolphins. What do they do then? What do they do at five? They trade back. They take an offensive lineman. If Simmons is there, do they take him? Because this is a team like the Giants that have many holes that they need to figure out. Or do they go with Herbert? And that's one of the main questions. I, or I Jordan if, Love. If Tua is your guy, and we've learned this. So if, trade up. If, so you're if, saying to trade up. If, if you truly believe that Tua is your guy. Listen, Andy Reid did it with Mahomes. The Texans what are you willing it. to go over? For what? the Miami case, what are you willing to go up to two? If, if Washington was serious about drafting You're him. getting the fifth? Probably. Are you asking for all three first picks? You're not going to get all three. You're probably it's gonna, probably impossible. You're going to get yeah. the fifth, the 26, and and one of the because they have like nine picks in the first three rounds and probably two threes. If you like, I said, you're getting. You let me put this way: you're getting at least three picks from them. You're getting. You're automatically going to get the swap, and I say you get three more picks. They'll probably get the other first round, maybe a second and a third. And 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 and, and from Washington standards, if Miami, you're like, is it worth it? 
Is it worth it to have a franchise quarterback? Do you think the Texans regret taking Deshaun Watson? Do you think that, I know the Chiefs didn't regret it. Listen, if you believe <laughs> he's the guy, what we've learned, if we haven't learned anything in the NFL, no, just in sports, that guy, that franchise quarterback, he's worth it. He's worth every penny, and it doesn't matter. You could be like, well, Ted, they need a running back too, and they need off. Yes, they do. They need a lot, but they're in a position. They are in a position for a reason, but because he's, they're not close to being good. So if you're Miami. You're going to re-sign Fitzpatrick. You're going to let him lead. You're going to let Tua get healthy. You're going to go get Tua because he's the future. Because you know you're not winning the Super Bowl next year. Yes, you're going to have to give up pieces, but you'll build for the future. But isn't Washington in the same position then? Because if, if they need a franchise quarterback, they which might, they don't believe, they, they probably don't, don't believe. That. We maybe. don't know that. You right know, now, it seems only, like... You're only hearing that through rumors because there's a guy on Washington Redskins going on Twitter, right, going, yeah, we're interested in this. We're interested in that. And then someone's going, oh, my God, there's a report out of the Washington, the Washington Post that the Redskins are interested in two attack Viola. And then they're... And, and it's like, because that's what they're doing. Because well, you never know, they got it. Today's hey, social media, they got, someone is working for the Redskins they right got now, a new, throwing out false rumors just to get the. But it maybe is not because they got a new head coach and maybe he doesn't want Dwayne Haskins as his guy. Well, we'll find out. Oh, yeah. We will find out soon enough. And then let me close out with this. As we've been saying, if you're just tuning in, we've been doing an AFC, NFC's offseason preview. There is two more teams, and I'm going to relate it to both teams the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. Two teams that made the playoffs last year. Two teams that need some need room for improvement. And it's very similar because if you look at the what they're looking for, the Bills, well, they need edge rush, edge rushers, receiver, and a corner. Then you look at the Eagles, they need a corner, a linebacker, and receiver. So their plans are eerily similar. If you really want to really go into it and dig deep into it, for the offseason, free agency, and in draft, they're. For most of the reports that you've been seeing, mock drafts, both teams look at maybe receiver, cornerback in the first round, and then offseason as well, free agency, I should be saying, is the Eagles are maybe all in trying to go get Byron Jones. I know the cornerback position for the Bills, that can improve as well. Tredavious White has been great since drafting but him. But you would love to get a number maybe two. Maybe they could get a number two of Byron Jones. Ooh, that'd be a nasty uh, duo right well, there. Well, you might Let be able to get you. a cheaper one in Jason McCourty from the Patriots. Which no, they're extending. They're gonna they're gonna bring him back. Are they? Yeah, they're gonna bring him back. That's what I, I was looking on NFL.com. But both two of these teams are going in the right direction. I think and two great two good coaches. They have two young quarterbacks. They're going. They got defense defensive issues. The Bills have been great last year, but they can always use room for improvement. They need receiver help. Help out Josh Allen. Help out Carson Wentz. That's what it's about. Both teams are right there on the cusp of being in that situation like the, the 49ers or the Chiefs. They're right there, but they need a couple more moves, and it's a good way. I mean, you look at this offseason. The draft, if they're looking for receivers, well, you came to the right place as well because there is a boatload of receivers out there. And, and I, yeah, go ahead. I, Well, I was going to put it in this perspective. We know the Eagles can win without weapons. It was we proven. just saw it. We just saw that. So for me, for me, if I'm an Eagles fan... I'm going defense in the first round. Let's sure up my defense. Well, if they get Byron Jones, yeah, but let's get let's get some other let's get some other guys. Let's 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 sure up. Depending on that pick, depends on the value of a who's now, there. A lot of picks have been 
uh, associated with Henry Ruggs from Alabama because they, people use him as this Sean Jackson similar trait. Listen, Alshon Jeffrey wants out. He's older. Somebody fast. I think they go. I, that means they're going receiver because if you're trying to trade Alshon Jeffries, they have to be all in on the receiver. They need to find a receiver, a, a weapon. There's depth in the second round that I think they could still get someone in the second round for receiver depth. I would like to shore up my defense. Maybe they go after both Dallas players. But I'm saying Amari I would, Cooper and I would, Byron Jones. I would like to shore up my defense first. Of course, I can always find value in second, third, and fourth rounds of receivers. I think shoring up. If I can get like. If the kid, the kid out of my school, C.J. Henderson from Florida, can fall. I forgot what your school was. No, I knew what my school <laughs> you was. Were, you seemed like you were like, no. oh, my school. Um, um, um. It wasn't um. <laughs> Western Connecticut State University. <laughs> that was your school, buddy. Who cares? <laughs> Go on. But C.J. Henderson, if he falls to the Eagles at their position, that's a nice corner right there. Good size, athleticism. Mm -hmm. Ran one of the fastest 40 times, ran a 4-3-9. Yeah, he had a good combine. He played really well against top competition in the SEC consistently all three years. But these two teams. So you you put him at cornerback now. You solidify your def you solidify your defense. We know we have a star quarterback that can win with any receiver. So we could find weapons in a second. Now, if I'm Buffalo though, I go. I'm going weapons. I have a young quarterback. I don't have the Carson Wentz guy yet. I want. Josh Allen's on the verge of being – he's, he's uh, going I, in the right direction. I, I'd like to put some weapons around him. No, that's what I'm saying. I Both like a big-time receiver. Maybe a guy like T. Higgins. That's what Someone I, who's big, 6'3", 6'4". Yeah. You know, they have a lot of short guys. They have Cole Beasley. You know what I mean? They don't have a big – John Brown. That's what I'm trying to say. Both of these teams are playoff teams and going to be around for quite some time because they have two quarterbacks who – I like both. I like personally. I like both of them. I think they're both going to be good, fine quarterbacks in this league. But they need weapons, both teams, and they need they can use some help on the defenses as well. So Bills and Eagles, right there. Can they get a couple more pieces to go to that next level? It looks very eerily similar. Their plans coming this off season. That is the AFC and NFC East off season preview. Next week, what are we going to? I mean, we're going to be – well, just don't forget, we are Giant fans. We're going to be talking about – the draft is coming up. We're not done with talking about the NFC and AFCs. Trust me, there's more news coming. Yeah, because if I really want to, I could talk about the Cowboys for – I could do each team for 2025. Well, if you, if you want if you want, to be, I mean, if you want to be realistic, there's still Brady and all this. It's all going to come out sooner or later. Trust me, there's so much more to talk about. But, yes, here, from high, here on out, we're going to be doing as well our previews for the divisions AFC and NFC North next weekend. We'll be talking about that. Boy, oh boy. It's almost here when we finally get to see all these rumors and reports go away finally and the players are at these at these it doesn't it does, it's going to be fascinating. I I can't wait this off season. I've been talking about it each and every week. It's going to be a great off season, the draft. I can't wait. Boy, oh boy. Things are starting to really spicing it up. Spicing it up a bit, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a break. And when we come back, we will be joined by the great Joe Aguirre. He's currently on his phone. He's listening to a phone, right? He's talking to somebody, and he's texting on the same time right now. So he is multitasking currently. That is something that I kind of struggle with a little bit. So I guess we'll have to talk to him about that. But also, it's about the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge injury. How do the Yankees handle that? Garrett Cole. Everybody's going to go nuts and wild because he had a bad outing. Oh, boy. It's amazing. And also... A-Rod's comments. If you didn't get to listen, we do have the audio of that. A-Rod's comments on the whole cheating scandal of the Astros and Red Sox. And he's, is he wrong about it? We are Keys of the City. We'll be right back.
And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to This City. We will be joined by the Joseph McGuire. Like I said, he's on the phone. He's actually getting off right now. It looks like he's. It looks like he wants to get off. He's. I think he's trying his best. I don't know those people nowadays. You never know. They always want to just talk, talk, talkity talk. But like I said, the New York Yankees. If you haven't seen, and here he comes. He's joining us. Here he comes, comes to, to save, save the, the day. day. Well, we don't need no saving, but it just adds some flavor to it that we always have the Joseph Aguirre joining us. And it's another week we're talking about the New York Yankees. It's another week that there's an injury concern. It's not official, but Aaron Judge. And that's what we're talking about. We're also going to be talking about Garrett Cole. Oh, my God, everybody's freaking out now because he had a bad outing. We'll talk about that. And also... The A-Rod comments. We do have the audio. We're going to play it in a couple it. minutes, too, as well. We're going to talk about that. But Aaron Judge, the main question for me about this is how do the Yankees handle his injury going forward? I know he wants to play opening day. He's frustrated. That's what the whole new report is. He's frustrated. I blame that on the training staff. Again, I don't know what the, what is going on. I don't get how these players, these massive guys now, are getting all injured now with Chris Sale. Giancarlo Stan, Aaron Judge, just a few names that have been injured and been on the IL for quite some time. How do the Yankees handle Aaron Judge's injury going forward? Well, you know, you're right about the training staff. And, and like, what I the hell? I think I said this last time I was here. You know, maybe these guys should take it easy on the weights a little bit. You know what I mean? It, there's being in shape. And then there's like bench pressing supermodels, like we see Giancarlo Stanton do. Eh? Maybe, they, should be, they should be in more food, like more chicken parms. Maybe that, <laughs> something like that. You, you got to go, you got to go easy on on Aaron Judge, and I and I get that he's bummed out. But an outfield of Clint Frazier and uh, Mike Talkman and Brett Gardner is going to be fine. You know, you, you look at that outfield, you look at this team too. They, they've lost two-thirds of the starting rotation, and you're like, well, okay, we can make this work. So I, I don't think you need to rush anybody back. There's no reason to do that. Mm -hmm. He's going to be fine. He says he needs about 30 at-bats to, to get himself ready to go. He probably needs more than that. That's maybe the bare minimum he should be getting. He shouldn't come back on opening day. No, he, he shouldn't, shouldn't be there on opening back. day. Giancarlo shouldn't be there on opening day, and they'll be just fine. See, we were just talking. Ted's trying to multitask because we were looking before. Well, that's going to go on. That's well, going to go on the Twitter. Well, and well listen, that's, before, before break, I'll retweet it. The reason why I said that, the reason why he just did that, and why I said multitasking, right before break, we saw you. I saw you on your phone talking, and you were texting. And you were multitasking. Yeah. And now Ted's trying to take a pager out of I'm your glad. Book. I'm glad I could inspire that. Well, I was trying to move over because the camera was blocking my face. And Trevor would be like, oh, that's a good thing. But yeah, oh. yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But as you know, we're talking Aaron Judge. Ted, I've always been told you're the better looking one. I don't know. Who tells you that? Who tells you that? Uh, uh, it's a listener. Her name is Nina. I forget the uh, last name. I should grow, I should grow my uh, facial hair out again. I know I guess. she was disappointed. <laughs> I know she Nina was. was disappointed. That's all I can tell you. So, like I said. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are killing me today. Look at him. You're making him blush. I know, right? No, that's just my cheek. I got, yeah. I, when I smile, I just No, that's my cheek. face. I it's just, always blush red. Is it red? Because a little bit. Thank little God. Bit. At, yeah. least it's not pay, now. at least it's not pay. It is hot in here. Yeah. It's hot Did in here. Did you turn the fan on? Well, Joe's going to take care of it right now. But thank you. See, I have Joe come in. He's multitasking again. He's talking, and he's got – you're putting it on it. Wow. I want to get that wind effect on your hair. 
No, that, that thing's up. Not it's not going to happen. My hair is... My hair ain't moving. My hair ain't moving. Aaron Judge, like I said, we are just talking Aaron Judge. To see this again, though... Yeah, but do we know... Hold on. Before... I know you were going to say a comment. Do we even know what's wrong with Aaron Judge? Like, I, I got the so post... Shoulder I, 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 pick four. It started... Going. It's the pain started in his shoulder. And so, all right, you got to work out a cranky shoulder. Well, now the pain's moved Moving down, down the down pack. to the pectoral muscle. And that's concerning It's like a straight pectoral. Well, but why was the pain up here before? And why is it moving? It's muscular. Which, obviously, it's muscular. And that's what I'm saying. These guys, more and more, you're seeing it just... Listen, these guys are <laughs> both the same, Stan and Judge. They're muscular freaks. I mean... We, and why the, how I, the hell I, are these guys I, always I, getting injured, I joke injured, about though. this. Me and my partner at work joke about this. Like, you didn't hear about all these guys getting hurt in the old days. And, and they didn't train like they do now. And the guys are better fitted for But, like... You know, Babe Ruth was hitting 700 home runs after he was chugging a 12-pack of beers, four hot dogs, two nachos, and, like, having a cigar. In the, like, Wait, imagine if Babe Ruth did CrossFit. He would have hit, like, 1,400 homers. I mean, Who knows? I mean, you know we'd never I mean? be talk- you're right. We'd but never like, be muscle- talking about very violent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and and I'll, I'll speak for myself because I'm at that age where a lot of people are with. I'm 32 years old. Are you flexing right now? No, I'm not. He is. I think you're flexing. He totally not. is. The way you're at the way no, you're yeah. you're no, He's like, I got a side view on the camera. You're going to be real slimming. <laughs> Now we're going after you. Okay. <laughs> when, when we grew up playing baseball, when I grew up as a kid, and even Joe, you're, I know you're older than me, but we never, you guys would say don't work out too much playing baseball because it would ruin your shoulder. You know, as a pitcher, you didn't want to be like lifting a lot of shoulder weights because you wanted flexibility. You wanted, you would more like, it wasn't strengthening. The way these guys are strength trained, almost like football. I mean, you type. can also use Hicks is another example. And He's a guy that's jacked. jacked. They talk Severino, we talked hurt. about last year when he came back. From his injury, he, the word I remember you said it. Oh, he looks jacked. Then you got a guy like David Wells who was like 50 pounds overweight and and barely ever spent a day on the DL. Uh, it was always available. Could I, throw I don't on understand. short rest and give you seven. I don't you know? understand it. I don't get it. And but the most important thing is getting him to 100. percent I know he wants to play on opening day, but don't rush it. This is, I mean, shoulder. Trust me, I we both have shoulder issues. You know what's gonna happen? You have He's shoulder gonna issues. Ru- no, my shoulders are the only thing still working in great order at this point. <laughs> my shoulder, I have terrible shoulders. I know you have bad shoulders. It's not a fun injury to have. It's something that you Here's don't want to rush back he, into. He's going to try to rush back, Ugh. and you know what's going to happen. It's going to be April 28th, and we're both going to be talking. Three of us are going to talk on the show. Like, well, he's out for three to six months with a strain pectoral. Or but do you pectoral. also remember last year? And when he be out for the season. Do you remember last year? In, when I would rather him miss the first two months and be ready for the next six months yep. than— Do you remember last year, though, when he— Got that injury, and it was reported that he it wasn't the first like it was pro like he waited and they didn't really say anything. They're kind of silent when he had the injury the first time. Didn't they like they, weren't they saying that this has been going on for quite some time? But they kind of just yeah they died it down. Well, because I think they it's thought just, it was going to sort itself out, and I think that happens a lot. The same thing with Paxton. The season ended. He was still feeling it, and, that's and they why- thought it would just. Go away. And that's why I don't want him to rush back because right. why Why rush back? Who cares about April? Who cares about March 28th against the yeah, Orioles? Who cares about April? Who cares about May, June, July? Yes. Like I said, look, not for nothing. If I told you the Dodgers and star, entire starting outfield would start the year on the IL or the Red Sox or pick any other team, the Astros, pick any of your favorite. If I told you their whole starting outfield and two-thirds of their rotation is out, what would you tell me their prospects are for the season? And, and so we're this still speaks, not even talking this about this. Speaks the to the depth that you still have to figure out where you're playing Miguel and Duhar. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's, 
there's only good question marks for the Yankees. There's, there's guys Gardner, ready to be slotted a in. Solid, solid vendor, veteran that anyone in the league would take. You have Clint Frazier, who is a young, athletic, talented prospect. We just haven't seen the potential. Hit, I'll take the Jordan, hit the ceiling or hit the floor. You know, the Jordan. <laughs> hit the ce- and then, and then you, oh, sorry, let me just, and then you have Mike Tockman, okay? I know maybe it was a one hit wonder, but a, a, a guy that can come in and play on a regular basis for us to start, get us by. But can we use that? And then, like you said, you have Andujar to bring off the bench that could play left field or first or Joe, third. Joe, but base. can we use that same? Like, to start this I don't want to yes. call it excuse, like for last year, because that happened last year, but can we use that again? Like, that I just purely think that's that was lucky to have the amount of players, nonsense. The amount, the amount of players, nonsense. the amount of players, and the talent that was on there for the Yankees to be where they were and to have everybody perform so well to where they never were, like Gio Urshela. I don't know if that can happen again this year. I want, I, like, I have faith in the Yankees. They're gonna win the AL East. I get that, but to see what they did last year. You really think that it could happen again this year? The 95 to 2001 Yankees went on a ridiculous run. Oh, yeah. Would, would it be fair to say that the 98 season was the climax? That was the year that everybody the, had a career year. The pin- everybody yeah. played great. Yeah. They won all their games. Everything was, yeah, literally. Um, so my, my thought is, 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 look, this Yankee team is good, and it, it would be better if everybody were. I, who knows what kind of team the Yankees would have had last year if they had Stanton, if they had Severino, if Judge, Gregorius, I mean, name any any one of those. If those guys, say half those guys spent half the trips on the IL. It would have been to me. Uh, the Yankees might have won 110, 112 games. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. Could they have won they less? Were, listen, that team. Could they have team, won less, though? No. That team was never at full strength. Yeah. Listen, any team with Cameron Mabin in the starting lineup is, is not your best team. So no, that that team wasn't going to win more games. Well, remember we talked it about seems having, like it's going to happen this year again yeah, too. That most of the season they're not going to have their best roster. I think it speaks to the Yankees' depth and 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 what they've been able to do, and and I finally have guys on the farm they could bring up and rely on because that is not well, that had not been the case for a long time. You said it that, was during that stretch when they got good again, mm-hmm. and that's sort of fallen off lately. Well, you said that in the 95-2002 team. That was exactly it, the depth. They had guys off the bench right. that were veterans or young guys. Shane Spencer, they pull up, bang, Ricky Day. Those were guys that they pulled up. They pull up pitchers. They had, and then they had the core, which – we think we have a core. And then you had great veterans. You had Charlie Hayes and Mariano Duncan and Scott Brosius. Yeah, but they have, had backup. We have a core. We have like, the injury it core. It wasn't like every <laughs> one of those starting guys were playing 162 games. I mean, you had Posada, and then you had a reliable backup catcher that would get you by. But all I was going to say is, remember at times last year we did speak that I said maybe the Sinky team was better at points because it wasn't so much about power and strikeouts. It was more about The clutch hitting, hitting. runners. You know what I mean? Position. I said, like, Talkman in. And, and maybe were contact hitters and they weren't hitting for power. We're standing. They might hit more home runs, but they might also strike out more. So, you know. But that team still ended up breaking the record, only to have it broken on but, the last day by but, the Twins yeah. again. Yeah, right. But still. No, so I- it's, it's hard to make that argument. It's hard to make the argument about last year in general because the balls were juiced. And I don't know what we're going to see this year as far as which baseballs are going to be on the field. It's going to be interesting. I'm glad you brought up Mariano Duncan because I always bring up the fact that he was the starting second baseman for in the 96 championship year. After the 97 failure, if you will, the oh. Yankees decided they could no longer have like a journeyman 
yeah. guy like Mary, and they went out and got Chuck Knobloch, which obviously turned out to be a whole other disaster, but... That was the mentality at the time. He's more of a backup guy. He's more of a mm -hmm. utility player. We need a real... The guy hit 341 in 96. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good to me. But it wasn't good enough that for, would, for the that Yankees. That would win crowns now. By the, oh, way, yeah, yeah. by the way, keep your eye on Roselle Herrera. He is a... I don't know if you guys have seen him. He's a former Marlin. He's, he's, he's kind of the Cameron Maben of camp right now, but he's hitting 500. He's 7 for 14. He plays... Outfield, second base, shortstop. So, uh, he had a 228 last year, 238 for the Marlins. I saw it in the thing. It was in the post the other day. It was they mentioned that too. He was from the Marlins and just another guy that's I don't six know if four two oh seven. Big I know, guy. I don't know if there's another a spot, big guy. I don't know if there's a spot for him though. There's a spot for him if he could play outfield and infield positions. There's absolutely you know you know who that you know who that spells bad news for. Yeah, Duhar. Tyler Wade. And Duhar's going to be on this team. He's not whether that means yeah, he's, he's whether that means he's the mostly DH guy or he's in left field. And Duhar's going to be a starter on this team, or we'll be playing four days a week somewhere. Whether that ends up being the DJ LeMahieu role yep. of last year, but I think Tyler Wade should be concerned because Roselle Herrera actually has played the outfield a lot in the major leagues. How's his speed? He, he can move. I'm telling you, he's, he's just, he's Gio Urshela. He's a glove who's the bat's never been there. He's 27 years old and he's having the spring of his life. Again, the Yankees philosophy on hitting is different. A lot of teams tell these tall, skinny guys like they did Maven, slap it into the ground, beat it out. Well, can I just hit it over the fence and run around the, you know what I mean? I'd rather do that. And Maven was like, wow, that works. <laughs> so there, there could be something to it, but this Yankee team's got depth for days. Uh, Montgomery obviously has already been named uh, uh, in, into the starting lineup. Is he, be he will be the four, four guy. Okay. And Cashman actually brought Clark uh, Schmidt's name up amongst guys who are – I didn't think he had a chance. And, and to hear Cashman talk about it this week, you guys have seen him. This kid looks good. He's young, doesn't have any experience uh, outside of about 20 innings at A-ball. But – that could be your five guy. Uh, no, I saw him. They had an interview on Yes Network. He was just talking about his first start and, you know, just painting the corners, working the fastball, just getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, just – listen, at the end of the day, if you haven't been there, it's just about being comfortable in that situation. And, hey, listen, if he can be a Chad, uh, you know, a green that comes in and they say, listen, be our opener to start. That's how we're going to start you. We're not going to give you five innings. Or give be us, the great Jonathan give, Holder. Give, give us our three strong innings. <laughs> And, and as he builds toward it, we'll extend you four, five, and maybe he becomes a valuable piece. And, and when all these pitchers come back in Most important thing for a pitcher like we're that. We're going in September going, this is a guy we can bring out of the bench or the bullpen. Most important thing about 98, it. 90 miles an hour. Most important thing about a pitcher like that, just he needs to have the confidence. No, you need repetition. and you That need, too, and you but need he needs that. I don't care how much repetition. He needs to be confident. He needs to come in and be confident. I, if, if it's too big for him, then no. I, not yet. But I want him coming in. I'm ready. I want him to be ready to go, and that's what we need right now because they keep falling. The Yankees, the, the players, it just keeps adding to the list. I'm not worried about it, though. I I'm would, not either. No, I'm not either. But I would think Jonathan Loisaga probably settles into the five spot. Would would be my guess, or or he ends up in the long relief role if it's somebody else. David Hale, name came up as well. Louis Sess's name came up, as did Debbie Garcia. 
Which again, I would think at this point, a couple weeks a. in, I would think though that he wouldn't even be considering these guys. I'm sure. Listen, none of them. Are, I don't think Debbie or Schmidt starts this season for the obvious reasons. You got to keep in the minor leagues. I didn't think he would be even discussing them. Maybe, maybe around the break if you need some help. Maybe late season call up for him to be discussing these guys because you're not going to need the five the first couple weeks anyway. You know what's serious when he's... But he's talking about these guys, and and, he, and, I, and I would think the way Brian Cashman is, is if he wasn't interested in these guys or considering them, that he'd be like, they're out. It's between Loisica, Sessa, Hale, yeah. uh, and, and Nick Nelson. Well, but ask... he didn't say that. He brought their names up. I found that curious. Let me ask you, do you think he's doing it, and, and I'm going to use this as an NFL an, an, uh, analysis, is talk them up, use it as trade bait. You talk them Maybe. up. Sure. You, you listen. Maybe, you're, you guess, know, yeah. you're talking them up higher. Like, hey, this guy's ready to start for us. Wait, if this is if Cashman is really thinking about using this guy as a fifth starter for the Yankees, maybe he could be a starter for us. Yeah. You know, a team that needs maybe a third yeah. or fourth guy, a young guy. Maybe you make a trade like that because last year they did the thing with Talkman. They traded and and moved on. So speaking of pitch, I'm glad you talk about pitching because well, Garrett Cole, I, I guess, is human, and according to the world, that Garrett Cole is supposed to be perfect every outing. And this is my biggest problem with social media nowadays, and I was saying it, is that's the problem. These players like Garrett Cole or these big-name players that get signed in any of the other sports, NBA, the NFL, well, they got to come in and they got to be perfect. And that's the problem that I have. All Yankee fans expect Garrett Cole there are fans that probably expect him to go undefeated this year. Oh, Come yeah. in, and that's the problem. And I think that's what's going to be the Did biggest. You, what, that's what's going to be the Bryce big, Harper got booed last and that's year, what, and, and he's not still finished. I'm not he's still finished with 3,500. I don't care about. I don't care about Bryce Harper guys. because I'm. No, I'm ta- I know what you're saying. There's an but, expectation, but that these players are never supposed to get out. They're right. supposed to strike out every 27 batters. They're well, supposed to go undefeated. Another perfect no example of this. My mom's expecting a 30 and two season out of Cole, <laughs> and will it will will it will be happy with nothing less. I could assure. Sure and a perfect example of this is a Yankee, a current Yankee, and a name that we've been talking about for quite some time is Giancarlo Stanton. When he came and he first and he had those five strikeouts and everybody was booing him out in the first two games. And and I got after you when that happened because you would be considered one of them that would boo him. And I was like, that's just stupid because you expect these players, they got to come in and be perfect. And I think that's what's going to kill Cole every time he pitches something that underperforming. In the sense, the only that way if he Garrett, gets boo if he starts off the season one and yeah, six. Yeah, we talk about if he starts four. off like four and six, then yep. okay, that's like with a four point five ERA, that's concerning. But for anybody that thinks he's just gonna come in every start and go nine innings and throw for twelve Ks and be lights out and give up three hits, yeah, but that's, that's the not, expectation when you're paying a guy three hundred twenty. That's not expectation. In today's society, it is. If you want to get the price tag that you that's think you deserve at three hundred million dollars, that's not ex. That's I'm, what's going to happen. The problem with it is that's not that is not the pro, that's the that shouldn't then be the ex- be, then go be the 50 million then go be the guy that gets 5 years for 40 million dollars and be the, and be the third starter. If you're going to be the ace and you're going to go to the Yankees, you're going to get paid 324 million. Then you sound like the dumb fans. No, that's the expectation well, that you're we sound like at. a dumb fan. You sound like a dumb fan. I, you're not a dumb fan, but that's the expectation. No, you are a dumb fan thinking that, Ger- Trevor, that Garrett Cole's every supposed to— one of those—everyone's fan is dumb. I then. can't voice my opinion. No, I can't I, voice my opinion I don't even think sense. he's expressing one, though. I think what Ted's saying is, I mean, the fans have an expectation that this guy's going to go out there 
and win 18 but games. But it's the wrong minimum. expectation. I don't to think have. it's the wrong expectation. How Why? is that the wrong expectation to have? Why to be not? like, fi- to be perfect, to be perfect. Oh no, it, that, that's what, no, I'm not talking. 18 games is not perfect. No, no, I was kidding I, about no, 30 and two. Although my mom really thinks no, that, but my mom no, is, no, is not a but, smart fan. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I expect him to win. 15 to 16 plus games. Yeah, I'm not expecting Garrett Cole to come in each and every game, spring training till well, October. I don't, I don't care about that. Spring that's training. what I'm. No, but I'm that's about. But there's season. fans that well, actually it, think it's that. It's funny, and we talk about this all the time. There's been even the last couple of years we've had that conversation whether Severino's an ace or not, and and you know despite the 15 and one start a couple of years ago, you know the second half. You know the the second half wins and losses weren't there. Look at the ERA and 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 uh, the strikeouts and the WHIP and all that in that second half. He's he's an ace. He's always been an ace. Yeah. And he comes back last year. We don't know what we're gonna get from him. Well, you know exactly what you were gonna get from him. Exactly what he pitched to a one five zero. I mean, he was great. Unfortunately, hurt again. He's gonna come back. What could you expect from him? The same stuff. We expect Garrett Cole to come into this season. And pitch like he's been pitching the last couple of seasons. There's no reason to think he wouldn't. And knowing that Paxton's down, Harmon's out, and Severino's gone for the year, there's got to be more pressure on Garrett Cole. And and listen, this is a guy who could leave in the sixth inning of a close game and get booed if the Yankees get off to a rough start. Because if this guy gives up a lead in, a, in an early season game and, and, and the Yankees are 5-7, and seven, the, the the fans could boo but that. I, feel like I, I would any- I would understand that because they didn't pay this guy three hundred twenty four million dollars to not be kind of a Superman. Yeah. Any it feels like anything under twenty wins for Garrett Cole, from what I've seen on Twitter, is a terrible season. And that's I want twenty five quality starts. That's realistic, but for anybody that thinks he's gonna just come in and be like. 20 or 25 and three but like Trevor, this comes back to that stupid argument from 10 12 years ago where if felix hernandez was on the yankees or the last couple yeah. of years if the ground was on the yankees the he'd win 30 yeah, the and it's like well you don't know that you don't. and now we know what's going to happen when cole pitches for the Yankees. We're, it's actually going to happen we're going to find out we're not exactly what's going to happen think, but it's not going to be 30 wins my I'm, I'm certain of that my prediction 25 is, I, I, I my prediction he'll be 18 and 8 with an ERA just under three, it'll probably be like two nine nine. He'll probably have around two hundred and fifty strikeouts, and you know I don't care I think about he's the whip. Three hundred, but he'll get three hundred. I don't think he gets three hundred strikeouts because I think the Yankees limit him. I think they worry they because he got used so much last year that they're thinking let's keep him at the six inning march and we'll win. And don't say yeah, don't be and the I Red also Sox think, and overdo I your think race. eighteen and eight is a realistic yeah. number of wins and starts because it's just it's it, pitchers have bad days. Okay, it's it's well, according to social media, Garrett Cole's never supposed. But to But you have know a bad what day. though? I don't think he's gonna lose eight games. But Jeff, <laughs> I will say that. Expect, what do you expect? I like X? the eighteen. I I'm thinking like an eighteen and five, two hundred seventy-five strikeouts yeah, or so. Know, I agree with you. You know he'll lose games because either the bullpen or a team yes. doesn't or the team doesn't hit well. That sure. Day. Oh, and, absolutely. And you know this it happens go, all the time. An ace pitches. Sometimes and the hitters don't live up. I'll to go the, seventeen and six. He's also gonna be locked up against ace your ace. ace. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's going to be seven-inning nights where he gives up no runs, and I we hope, don't score I any hope, runs. I do hope we get a judge, and I'm not, not judge, uh, a Cole versus the ground matchup this year. I'll tell you something I would love real to, quick. I, I want to just see that. I just 
really do want to see. I'd that. like to bring something up and somebody in particular up, Go and on. that being Clint Frazier. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to say Chris Sale. If Chris, <laughs> it, 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 we could talk about him in a minute, too. I mean, I, I've been saying now for two years, something's wrong there, and it's pretty clear that there is. And if you're a Red Sox fan and you're not freaking out. <laughs> no, Red Sox fans are, bash, are are laughing at Garrett Cole's performance, but they don't care about their Yeah, yeah I well, know. It's comical. Enjoy third place again, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> Uh, I think the Blue Jays might surpass you this year, but no. to get to get to Clint Frazier for a second, if Clint Frazier is not in the starting lineup on opening day, I think the Yankees need to trade him before opening day. Th- there's no value in sending Clint Frazier back to the minor leagues. All signs point to him being st- on that lineup. If there's, he's playing well if, enough. If if he is not going to start the season a starter you got to move him you got to package him up with a couple of somebodies for something whether it be a a, a three guy or four guy Robbie five Ray guys, or something whatever Anything, it might be yeah. but here's here's why I say this and I love Clint Frazier everybody knows that I think he's, a, a, he's a big an leader. average supporter of Clint Frazier the only thing that's going to happen if you send him to the minor leagues is decline in performance or injury you will get nothing useful from him being there. He's either going to go down there and play hard and get hurt, as he did before, or he's going to be frustrated and play poorly like and did, like, have no value. Let him go to a team and start for a team like the Reds, and they can use an outfielder like that and, and let him yeah. perform. No, no, from what I've seen, he's been hitting the crap out of the ball. He looks good. He looks like he's playing a lot better. It looks like he's. this is something for another chance to prove it to the Yankees that, hey, and I'm here to and, stay. And the, you got all these injuries. I'm here to stay, and I want. I, I'm trying to help you guys and win. And that's yes, and that's probably the most important thing. It's interesting you say that the maturity, uh, because my understanding is he's come in, he's been all business. the The problem I see with Clint Frazier is he's not a real uh, he's not a real friendly guy. He's he's not there to make buddies. He's not there to pick your brain about hitting. He's there to hit. And, and, and he hasn't made a lot of friends. I think that Sunday night in Boston was so problematic. Mm-hmm. I, again, I hope, I hope he's there. Because, but here's my problem. Him being all business, him playing great defense in the spring, I just wonder what it's like in the locker room. I, I, I don't think that Aaron Boone particularly cares for or likes Clint Frazier. I think they respect the talent. I don't think they. I don't think they feel like that personality fits in their culture. Okay. I really. I'm at the point where I truly believe that, and I'm telling you, if he's not a starter on day one with all three outfielders on the IL, it says all I need to know. Move him before he is useless. Yeah, and it would be. I mean, we've been, Joe. You've been saying we've been saying it for years with Clint Frazier. It'd be a shame because he's he's gonna be a big time player. And you're in a spot where you really need him. And I think if you let him go out there and play his game, I think you'll see a superstar in the making. Speaking of big-time player, a former big-time player, Alex Rodriguez. And if you didn't get to check it out, I was listening to this clip, and, I mean, he was 100% spot on. And it was during the Yankee-Red Sox game. So, Ted, I want you to play the clip of what he said on this whole cheating scandal. And tell me if he's wrong on this one that really has upset the fans is you you cheat you win a championship there is no suspension and then there's no remorse 
And the last one, I think, is probably the worst one because people want to see remorse. They want a real, authentic apology, and they have not received that thus far. And I can just tell you this, Matty, from, from a guy who has made, you know, as many mistakes as anybody on the biggest stage, I served the longest suspension in Major League Baseball history. You know, it cost me well over $35 million. And you know what? I deserved that. And as a result, I yes. came back. I owned it after acting like a buffoon for a long time. I had my apologies, and then I went dark. And I wanted my next move to be contrite, but I also wanted to go out and play good baseball and change my narrative. And the way you change your nar narrative is you have to be accountable. You've, you've earned all this negative talk. You've earned whatever comes your way, including whether it's hit by a pitch or negative press. You have divorced yourself from having the ability to protect yourself. And that's what I've been saying. I mean, he's 100% right on this. I, that's what I've been saying. My biggest issue with this, look, whatever. They cheated. Baseball's not changing anything. Trust me. I wish they did. I'm still an avid believer that they should postseason ban. That's the right punishment that they should have. But he's right. This is a guy that has been hated, A-Rod, tried to clean up his act. And for to this point, to this day, he's one of the guys that we always talk about associated with the steroid era. And... That's the biggest issue. This team cheated to win a championship, and this team has shown no remorse. And please, for all you Astro fans out there, do not give me the, oh, well, they came out after. Yeah, they came out and had their little press conference. They would have never had a press conference if it never blew up like this. And there was no remorse. It looks like it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I don't really care. In the back of your mind. Like, that, that's just how it feels from this whole team. Bregman, Altuve, Correa. Verlander, who has not said a word about this, the big mouth himself, it's just he's 100% right on this. Joe, your take. Uh, first of all, Verlander did say something. He said, he said, I should have said more, to which I say you should have said something because you didn't say anything. Yeah. We do, um, we do have breaking news. Christian Yelich just signed a major. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, extension. yeah. They were an extension with him. That a was, million percent, I agree with A Rod. I, I find it funny, too. A Rod uh, almost was bragging about having the longest suspension in baseball another history. Another record to his book. But do you remember? Do you remember when he finally came out and admitted that he was an idiot? Took long enough, but And yes. that he did all those things wrong. I, well, yeah. And he was sorry. And he looked like a giant sad sack loser. For that moment. And then he started dating J-Lo. And he got her a birthday cake on Monday Night Football or whenever there's a yeah. World Series. I think, I think. When, 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 and everybody loved him. And he's really changed the narrative for his yes. for himself because, well, I mean, he's really well liked in the booth. His, his he's analysis. great. He's, he's got a tonal, Tony Romo type feel in the booth. I agree. At, at, uh, at the intelligence level, if you talk to people in the baseball world, he is one of the smartest baseball people out there. Just knowing the game in baseball, that's why he was a uh, thought process maybe in the Yankees of being a manager. It would probably be too much of uh, a name for the Yankees. What you it just think? Too much press. But the man knows what he's talking about. And he was just explaining, hey, listen, I screwed up a few times and I was like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Or, or you're kind of like, I'm sorry, but in the back of your mind, you're just trying to get like girlfriend's like, why don't you apologize? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know. But really in the mean. back of your no, mind, you're like, I don't uh, really mean it. I just want you to stop bothering me. So, I mean, this is a, he's like just saying they did it because they just don't want to hear the guys going, Hey, Joe, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Remember just, the Andy Pettit apology, the heartfelt, 
I just wanted to get back out there and help my team. And I know I let down God and every Yankee baby born today. And you were like, well, it's all right, Andy. Uh, you didn't mean it. You know what I mean? A sincere, genuine apology. And you got one from Giambi. You got one from McGuire. Like I said, those guys are back in the game and they're around the game. So I think A Rod's Sosa never said. M-I-A. I think A Rod's Hall of Fame candidacy, along with David Ortiz's, I think suddenly, they, I think they're both shoo-ins. And the, I think they're uh, both absolute shoo-ins. And I think Kurt Schilling continues to stay out. And again, I think it just goes to show that what you do after your career is over is just as important as what you did during your career. I mean, he's A Rod, one hundred percent, and you're one hundred percent on it too. He he was hated in baseball by his peers. And guess what? He was called an a-hole throughout the league. Now you look at it, but he finally came out. He said, I'm sorry. It was Morse. And look how bad it, he was banned. He wasn't playing. He gave the play. This team's getting a, a little slap on the wrist. I will and they always, traded for championships. I will always respect A-Rod, too, for not coming back for four home runs. To, to sit at 696, knowing anybody would have gave him the chance to hit four more. And to not go out like a circus clown well, he done, he doing it. Why you should have done the Bernie Mac movie, Mister Three Thousand. That it came that, back for the four. That that to me, because I thought for sure he was going to try to come back, maybe with the Marlins hit four and call it a day. And the fact that he didn't told me for the first time in his life, I truly believed Alex Rodriguez had self awareness that I could get seven hundred. That'd be kind of cool, but everybody. Yeah doesn't mean anything to anybody because of how I got there. So what's the point? What's the achievement? I cheated to get there. So I think he understands this better than anybody. The We talked about the apology the Astros gave, and, and it came across like they got together for about 10 minutes. Uh, you go out, uh, Jose, you apologize I'll as insincerely out. as possible. Bregman, you can kind of blame everybody else. Uh, and then point at yourself for a second, and we'll just say we're going to move on now. That's all. Fa- baseball, it was terrible. Yeah, that's all baseball fans want is a, a heartfelt remorse, apology for cheating, and they still haven't given it. And you will be hated for quite some. time. I'd love to see those What's two that? come back out one more time together and say, you know what, we stole signs, we figured this thing out, we ran with it. It's not going to happen. It Nothing's was going gonna, so over. well. It's over. It's not. What, gonna what would it's you over. have done? It's over. You know, we were in that situation. We knew it was kind of wrong, but we weren't sure. Whatever the case may be. But tell me what really happened. Tell me why you did it, and tell me you kind of feel like in hindsight now we regret doing it. Because for us, that championship doesn't feel as valid as if we didn't cheat. Say that to me, even if you don't mean it, but say it like you mean it, and I'll move on. It ain't going to happen. They're, they're, they're just going to focus on But then on we're not the going to move on. Oh, I'm going to boo them every chance I get. June 2nd, me and my buddy, we're going to the Mets game. It's a Tuesday night. First night, they're playing the Astros. We're sitting right on the away side. Second row from the field. Ted's gonna go to right jail. Ted's gonna get. Ted's gonna get arrested that night. No, do it. You know what I was thinking about? No, I, don't, I don't tell, don't tell me what you think. I'll bail you out. No, I don't want. I want to tell Paul. I said I want um, the Grouch. Remember? From oh, the yeah. yeah. Want to wear trash cans around ourselves? <laughs> that would be clever. That would be clever. But like that, yeah. A Rod said it. He finally got the remorse. He got. He apologized, and people. He's become likable now. Back then, he wasn't because the way he handled it. Astros, you haven't handled it. You're going to be hated. You're going to be booed. Guess what? It's only going to get worse for you. Clemens and Bonds better get on the apology train soon because I tell you what, I mean. No, they ain't happening. Too late, Joe. 
It's too late you, for them. You get to a certain point where you can't apologize. I don't think so. If Bonds comes back and apologizes, no one's going to care no more. If oh. Barry Bonds, if Barry Bonds came out tomorrow and was like, "I saw what A Rod said about himself and about the Astros. I saw that insincere Astros apology." Look. I've heard I've heard people say about me. I'm Barry Bonds right now. I was on my way to being a Hall of Famer, and you know what? I agree with that. And I wanted more. And I did some things that at the time maybe I wasn't sure. His image may get changed. This wasn't quite what they 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 didn't but sell it's it so to me. Hard to do that after you st- you went. I didn't do anything. You can't, brother. Go you back. can sit down with Katie Couric at any point in your life, and and just let it all out. Maybe cry. Give me some tears. I know you're serious see if you're crying. You're act- see how good your acting is. That's great. Maybe you get a movie role out of it. But I, if, if, if listen, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did what they did because their legacy was the most important thing to them. Of course. And now that their legacy is just a steamy pile of dupe, it's, it's time to do something about it. You, you guys are not going to get into the Hall of Fame until you make this move. Kurt Schilling, maybe soften the tone, homie. Soften it a little bit. So suck up. You got to. If, if listen, kiss some butt. If you did what you did, you got to understand. No matter what, whether you're Kurt Schilling's mouth, you're the steroid cheaters, you're the Astros, you did something wrong, and everyone acknowledges it. You have to acknowledge it. Yeah. Plain and simple. I'm telling you, it, 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 it could make all the difference in the world. If Roger Clemens came out tomorrow and was like, you know what? I was pissed when the Blue Jays, when the Red Sox said I was done. And I went to Toronto and I found out about steroids from Conseco. And he's right about 80% of all the players taking them. And I went to town and it worked and it prolonged my career. And I was like, screw you, Dan Doucette. And life was good. And I pitched for like 20 more years after that. And I have no regrets. You know... I, I, I got to live with my decision. The yes. reason why I chose that decision. Amen. Joseph. That's a great way to end it, Joe. That's great. As always. Feel good about it. <laughs> He's popping the collar, though. Don't worry. Ted still pops the collar. <laughs> your collar's messed up. Well, your Is co- it? Look, it's been, I, I wanted to tell you. but You told me now before we're closing the show? This is terrible. What I mean, kind of? It's what like, kind of bad? Oh, come it was, on! It was like this. You're my like, brother. I thought you were supposed to help me out. How about walk out of the house and look in the mirror and see what you look like? I always look good. Anyways. By the way, clevercrestmedia.com backslash keys to the city. I got some photos of these guys up there. You can check out. There's links to subscribe nice? to their podcast. Your hoodie is in order. So I want my hoodie. Are they nice? Uh, Are we should have a link nice? up for people to order right off of there. I can make that happen today. So if you want some keys to this city swag, we'll put it up on the website. That could help. We do have some ideas going forward. We got some new well. ideas coming up in so, the year. Coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, Joe, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Clovercrest Media, like you said, if you want looking for a podcast to check out, or if you want to start your podcast, Clovercrest Media, here's your guy, right here. Great studio time, no one else got that. <laughs> oh, the chair. Oh, I'm falling. I'm falling. That's not my chair. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation So what you saying, what we saying, prime information Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements Streaming every Friday